No problem. Just so you know. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain. But holy need on Jesus' name. All right. There. And I've entitled it Dare to Be Vessels of Holiness. Okay. Wonderful. Join us tonight for a discussion on one of the sticker books. All right, do I live? Sabbath's been good so far, my friend? Yes, yes. Sabbath has been going very well so far. Um, gleaning lots of uh, powerful truth from the Word of God. So, Come on now. Yeah. Yes, sir. Personal revival. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, Sometimes cool. things have to be slowed down for us to, to have that opportunity, you know? That is very true. That is very true. Especially as gospel workers, man. Amen. Amen. Absolutely correct. All right. We'll get started. Okay, no problem. No, we'll get started in two minutes. Okay. We still got time. Okay. Good, good. Sister Yvette, welcome. I, I think it's Felice Sabado. <laughs> oh. Ah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> I got it right. All right. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All 
the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All right. All right, let's get started. Let's, uh, well, I just want to welcome uh, everyone to our broadcast this evening. It has been a peaceful day for me, a peaceful day for my brother, Monet. And tonight, um, I have him on, and we're going to be talking in regards to our principles regarding health. I think this is a very important topic that we need to cover, especially in these last hours of Earth's history. And looking at exactly what's happening in our world today, and with that in mind, because I'm not smart enough or intelligent enough to communicate the realities of what needs to be done tonight, and I know Brother Monet uh, is not of his natural self able to do that either, we're going to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is that all right? If you guys don't mind, if we can bow our heads um, before we begin and ask God for his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your grace and mercy. We want to thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. And in these few moments, Father, we just ask that you guide our thoughts and feelings, that they reflect your own, that you give us wisdom that is beyond our years. And we pray this not because we are worthy, but because your dear son is worthy. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Before we begin, I have my friend Monet on. And, I, and Monet, tell us about your ministry, what you do, how many, you know, all these wonderful things. I know, I know about you. Uh, that's why I invited you on. But tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do, my man. Yeah, so um, I'm part of a ministry called uh, Eden Lifestyle. And uh, we are located right there in New York, um, upstate New York. And uh, that's where we operate an outpost center there, um, health and lifestyle center. And, um, and also do many seminars across the Northeast, um, as well as it relates to health and healthy living. So we do work with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis as well um, at the, uh, the center, um, upstate New York, with different health challenges and so forth. And, uh, and so in a nutshell, our goal is to be able to evangelize the world through health evangelism uh, to bring the everlasting gospel um, in our generation. Amen. Yeah, so with myself as well, of course, I'm part of the ministry with my family too. Um, so my, my entire family is involved. Uh, my wife, my son, my brother, sister, even my, my parents are involved as well um, in the ministry. And, um, and so by God's grace, we are seeking to accomplish God's purposes, especially in New York. We are told um, in Testimonies, Volume 7, page 37, that New York is to be a symbol of the work done in the world. Mm. And as you notice here again, if we were to center our work in new york now look at this new york is the biggest target for the for the virus are you seeing this yeah. and um it lets me know that in the future new york will be a major target for a lot of other things that will will be coming upon this earth and so god gave special instruction to reach new york and i pray that by god's grace that we can fulfill god's mission um together with many others that are trying to do the same thing right here in new york and that many lives will be saved many hearts could be touched and many will hear the message um, for this time. Amen. Yes. Amen. Now, it's awesome because, like, I know you, and your family is awesome, and the way that you guys work together, the love that you guys have for each other, uh, only God can make that happen, you know what I mean? Because some folks can't even stand the folks in their own house, let alone yes. work together in ministry. 
over time. So it's a beautiful thing to know and and to be a part of a ministry like that. So thank you so much. Now, tonight, I just want to remind those who have been studying with us on Sabbath afternoons or Saturday afternoons, we have been dealing with the subject matter of health. And I want to just real quickly here uh, share something with you guys. This, this is a little acronym we came up with called DARE TO BE. And we've been using this phraseology because we're talking about dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand up for right when all things around us are going wrong. And last week we dealt with the letter D, which was diet, and we dealt with nutrition and the cleanliness of the blood, and not just the cleanliness of the physical blood, but we talked about the blood of Jesus Christ. It was just a wonderful study if you missed it. Uh, but today we're dealing with the letter A. And that letter A is abstemiousness, which is another word for it for uh, a more recent term is temperance. All right. So we're going to be dealing with the subject matter of temperance. And I'm going to throw this back to my brother real quickly here. Give us a, a definition, a working definition of, of temperance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So temperance, temperance is basically abstinence from that which is harmful and also moderation in that which is good. Mm. And, uh, and so... That is a very, I love this definition of temperance because it lets us know that it is, we have to abstain from whatever that is harmful to us, but also we do have to be moderate in things that are also good, right? And so that's important to keep in mind. Not because something is good, we take advantage of it. And, uh, and that's where temperance comes in. It's, it's the foundation. It's one of the foundations that God has given to us. And uh, it's a very serious topic. Um, it's very relevant um, to our age. And, um, and also very relevant to what God will do in the next couple weeks and years uh, to come. Mm -hmm. now, I think it's important and when we're talking about moderacy and that which is good and then abstaining from that which is bad, I want us to, as a group, as we're listening, remember we're talking about the whole development of man. We're talking about the body, yeah. mind, and soul. So temperance is not just with, with food, but it has to do with the whole being, the whole person. And so with that in mind, my brother, what, what do you see as the best biblical example or some biblical examples of temperance? Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of like very good examples of temperance in the Bible, but my mind goes very closely to the book of Daniel, right? The book of Daniel, Daniel chapter one, um, when Daniel was faced with one of the challenges in his life, especially in the, in the kingdom of Babylon. And you can see that temperance was a very important aspect of his decision-making process. And, uh, and so in Daniel chapter one, uh, gives us that clear example of how Daniel was able to um, uh, withstand and uh, stand up against what was offered to him and to make a conscious decision. He purposed in his heart uh, that he will not defile himself. So that was a decisive purpose that he that he um and, and i think about dare to be right <laughs> dare to be dare to be daniel and you can see that that's a prime example of temperance in his life daniel's life daniel uh, one uh, verse eight but daniel in his heart uh that he would not defile himself he purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat and with the wine which he drank mm. very, yeah very so that good. lets me know that that Temperance was a very important aspect of his life. And you can see that it affected his decision-making process 
And in affecting his decision-making process, it helped him in the other trials that he will go through or the other issues that, will, that they will face, especially in the courts of Babylon as well. And that actually allowed him to not just become any person in the kingdom, but he was very important uh, in the kingdom um, at that time. And, and so we see that prime example there. And that lets me know that his parents had a very important role to play in that young man's life especially when he just came into Babylon and also the other friends that was closer with him as well. Um, well what do you we say know that, that his parents had a very important part to play. Yeah, why do, you, why do you say his parents had a very important part to play? Yeah, because how else would he have learned these vital, these vital principles, you know, especially at that time, you know, he was a pretty, he was a pretty young man at that time. And, um, mm -hmm. and knowing that he can make such a purposeful decision against a government of the world, that is very serious, right? <laughs> that right, is very right. serious. And you right. can see the type of uh, the decisions that we need to make in the last days, especially that temperance is a very big part. And that's why our allegiance to God first is very important. Um, mm. Before our allegiance to God is absolutely important. Well, very good. Very good. So I'm, I'm thinking about Daniel, that, that resolute choice in, yes. the, in the midst of a crisis, Exactly. His, his integrity. Um, and I'm thinking about our time. Yes. And some of the things that are being stated, like for instance, um, recently uh, I saw some articles where the death rate for, for this uh, virus was very high in the African American yes. communities. And I'm, I'm looking at some of the things that we were saying about people that have underlying issues have a greater yes. risk of, of dying from these things. Well, how does temperance play, play into that? Okay, um, let, me, let me show you something that I found, which is kind of interesting. Um, this, is, this, is from, this is from the book uh, Temperance on page 201, paragraph 4. And if you want to get like good quotations when it comes to temperance, um, you, can, you can read the book Temperance by uh, Ellen White as well. It gives you like a very good comprehensive view on temperance and what she says about temperance. But look at this very important thing here. It says here, um, she says, again, he presented, that, that's temperance page 204, par, 201, sorry, paragraph four. It says, again, he presented the paper and in an authoritative manner said, sign this paper or resign your positions. Not only sign, but upon uh, your honor, carry out your decisions. Be true to your principles. As God's messenger, I come to you and demand your names. Neither of you have seen the necessity of health reform. But when the plagues of God shall be all around you, you will then see the principles of health reform and strict temperance in all things, right? Mm. That mm. temperance alone is the foundation of all the graces that come from God and the foundation of all the victories to be gained. Now, that's interesting uh, how, especially when plagues of God shall be all around us, you will see the principles of health reform. So in other words, the principle of health reform will be brought to attention as well as strict temperance. Now you're gonna notice very carefully, especially in the coronavirus issue, one of the biggest things that people are sticking to is temperance. Temperance is saving us, saving a lot of lives right now, right? Uh, the, the thing about washing hands and also um, distancing self in, in, in the appropriate ways. And, um, and a lot of the practices that we are having right now, we're basically abstaining from the things that are harmful you know what I mean? So temperance has become mm -hmm. very vital. So the world is in strict temperance mm -hmm. so that this plague <laughs> will not continue to perpetuate itself. And mm -hmm. uh, especially, so in, in other words, 
temperance is something that should be practiced on a regular basis, right? We shouldn't just have to do it throughout the crisis, right? If we were already prepared, even now, we will know exactly what to do when the crisis comes. But now mm. the world is rampant into trying to figure out what they, what they can do and what they should do in these, in these issues. But it's interesting how I saw, it, you know, in the Servant of God here, she says that the principles of health reform and strict temperance in all things will be brought to prominence, especially when we start seeing plagues and diseases, outbreaks in our world. Very good. You, you yeah. read something there that stuck out to me. Yes. Uh, that I, I want to make sure I, I, I go back to. She says it's the foundation. Exactly. And that is key. Yeah, that, to it me, is that the was foundation. key. read that I was like the foundation. Now, I have a verse in my mind, but I'm not sure okay. if it's in your mind. So I'm just going to throw it at you and see if it fits. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Uh, Second Peter chapter one. Is that, is that, a, a it, fits, it fits right into it. All right. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, one, one verse four. <laughs> yeah. So what does that say, my man? Oh man, this is this is powerful. Now, when when we look at this some more, it's uh, it's important to note that temperance is the foundation, and she says here that is the foundation of all the victories to be gained. Mm. That that yes. is that is very interesting. It's the foundation of all the victories to be gained. Now, mm -hmm. why why now that, that sounds a little bit like stretched, right? But when you think about it for a moment, how was Eden lost? Mm. Eden was That's lost through the intemperance. Lack of temperance, right? Exactly. It, it's basically intemperance, right? And temperance is very mm -hmm. broad. So just, just so that we can relate this foundation really quickly, because whenever somebody thinks about temperance, just like you said earlier, we think about temperance in the light of only food. But temperance is beyond food, right? Of course, appetite plays a big part. Now, an appetite is not only food. Appetite could be many other things. We could have an appetite to abuse like social media, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, appetite to overuse like our phones and texting, especially now in the shutdown. You know, a lot of people, you know, today on, on Sabbath today, a lot of people are going on YouTube videos that they shouldn't go on and watching, you know, things that shouldn't be watched today. <laughs> You, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right? So, but temperance, notice what it says. First Corinthians 9.25, it says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Mm. And that is very interesting. Temperance mm. is a foundation for all things. And if you strive for the mastery, you're temperate in all things. Mm. <laughs> now mm. they do it to obtain an, a corruptible crown, but we and incorruptible. That right. is very vital. And And going back to to the text that you mentioned as well, which my mind goes to that as well. It shows us the ladder and it shows us the, um, the steps that God wants to take us through, especially um, in the last days that we live in. And of, of, of course, throughout the journey um, uh, to, become, to become more and more like Jesus. Now, when you look at this some more, um, we notice here that in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You mean first uh, Peter? That by these, I'm sorry? You mean first Peter, right? Yes. First Peter yes. 1, 4? Uh, first Peter. You said first Peter? It's, a, it's second Peter 1, 4. Yeah, second Peter 1, 4. Right? Yes. And what okay. was the, ver and I know I have folks are listening. What was the first verse you said? Um, mastery, yes. What was that verse? Mastery in all things. Okay. First Corinthians 9, 25. First all Corinthians right. 9, 25. All right. We're taking notes yes. here because we need to write stuff down to keep it in our. our yes, that is here. very important. Very important. And um, and so looking at looking at this, which is very vital. And if we understand the foundation of how we ended up in this.
crisis. You know, this crisis has been going on for a long time. This mm. is great controversy. Mm-hmm. We have entered into this crisis for a very long time and we need to get out of it. And mm. that is why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and temperance, it says here that uh, every man that strives for mastery is tempered in all things. And also temperance, is, so that means temperance is the foundation of health, happiness, and life eternal. It's mm. also, uh, it's, it also says that temperance alone is the foundation of all the graces that comes mm. from God. The foundation mm. of all the victories to be gained. Mm. The foundation of all the victories to be gained. So how was Eden lost? Eden was lost through intemperance. How will Eden be gained? Eden will be regained through temperance. Mm. Intemperance, temperance. Mm-hmm. And of course, the greatest example of temperance was Jesus. Of course, when he was in the, um, uh, the 40, remember the 40 days fasting yes. and so forth? Yes. He, he overcame that, right? He overcame something that our first parents did not overcome. Mm-hmm. And when you notice that very carefully as well, um, as temperance becomes very crucial for us, especially those living in the last days, it says here that in, for, in, second, in second Peter 1, 4, 2 Peter 1, 4, it lets us know that whereby are he given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So that what is the goal here? is so that we might be partakers of divine nature. Divine nature. Yes. And how, how important is that for us? That's a uh, huge. Huge. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> huge. And verse 5 says this. It says, and beside this, given all diligence, mm-hmm. diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, knowledge mm-hmm. to knowledge, Temperance, mm-hmm. to temperance, patience, mm. to patience, godliness, mm-hmm. godliness, brotherly kindness, kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. Mm. I mean, have you ever wondered why is temperance there? Mercy. Why, why, why couldn't it be joy or maybe peace or, or something mm. else? But temperance, as you notice, as you notice this ladder here, temperance becomes very vital. Mm-hmm. In this, in this, uh, for example, now let me let me give you this really quickly here. Um, the Ministry of Healing on page one twenty nine, nine five. Ministry of Healing page one twenty nine lets us know that with our first parents, intemperate desire resulted in the loss of Eden. Think about this. Many of us in life have lost many things because of intemperate desire. We have found ourselves in a lot of issues. We have wasted money. We've wasted time. We've wasted. Um, opportunities. We have wasted uh, um, the urgency of sharing the gospel with our neighbors and those around us because of intemperate desire. That's very vital. Temperance in all things has more to do with our restoration to Eden than men realize. It has more to do with that. That is so important. Ministry of Healing on page 129. Mm -hmm. Now notice this again, as as we're going to piggyback on uh, 2 Peter 1, right? It says, it says here again that in order to preserve health, temperance in all things is necessary. Temperance in labor, temperance in eating, and temperance in drinking. That's found in Council on Health, page 120, paragraph 3. Now, also, I want you to pay attention to this very closely as well. 
um, as we explore temperance um, for a moment. As we explore temperance here for a moment, we're going to understand a few uh, vital principles when it comes to temperance, right? Now, in Second Peter, we're going to go back there real quickly, and I'm going to pull up something really, I, I want to show you something about temperance for a moment, about temperance for a moment as it relates to Second Peter, Second uh, Peter 1. Okay, we're going to see here in 2 Peter 1. So, therefore, it says, add to your faith temperance. Add to your faith temperance. And why is that vital for us today? And why, what do you think? Um, what do I think? Yeah, going to the Word of God. Well, man, my brain's are, it's already like yes. done a whole bunch of... So, you were, you were talking about this. My brain was like... Yes. There are some victories. Somebody asked me a, a, a question the other day in, okay. in the same vein. They're, they're saying, how come I can't overcome my temper problem? Or how come I'm having uh. this issue with this? And, I'm, and in my mind, I had, a, I had a whole thing to say. But here is the key because there are processes. You know, we can have a desire to live right, but God has given us a process and there's a ladder, right? Yes. And so in that, in that process, yes, I can have faith. Now, add to your add to your knowledge temperance so now temperance now becomes one of the stepping stones to live a life that is victorious in christ so Amen. i can't get to that victorious life without this foundational peace and yes. many are wondering how come i can't control my temper how come i can't control my sexual desire how come yes. I? well it's simple there's it's simple but complicated we have not submitted in this area which is which god is not going to skip steps for us you know we have to follow his his plan you know what i mean Yes, exactly, exactly. That is that is absolutely correct. And um, and and those and those steps. And many don't realize that these these are steps. Um, and these are very vital steps. And and so as we look at these steps a little bit closer as well, um, it lets us know here that uh, in Second Peter, in Second Peter uh, two, verse one, it tells us, uh, "Are you there?" I'm a second Peter, yes. Okay, great. So it lets us know that when you add to your faith temperance. Now look at this here um, again. In uh, manuscript release, uh, uh, Bible commentary, sorry, Bible commentaries, book seven, page 944, paragraph one says, and to temperance patience, right? Mm -hmm. An intemperate man can never be a patient man. Mm -hmm. Temperance comes first and then patience. And as you notice that as well, you can see that it's a step, it's a process that you have to go through. And you wonder why you're impatient. You wonder why you cannot have certain types of, uh, you cannot overcome certain types of character traits because the foundation is very vital. And sometimes and the, the errors that we have is that we limit this to only food and, and it's way bigger, it's way broader, it's way deeper than just food and uh, right. than just food that we deal with every single day. But it has a lot to do with us um, being able to control uh, and abstain abstain abstinence and also have moderation so that it can impact us um, as well. Now in Christian education, page 183 lets us know that the health should be as sacredly guarded as the character. So we can see how sacredly guarded as the health is should be the character. So in other words, it's not a separate thing. And many people believe think that we are separate. You know, my body is there, my spirit is there. And, and then we are like separate people, we are like separate beings, something like that, very strange uh, philosophy. But when you understand this a little bit further, you can see that your health will impact your character. Your character also, it impacts you in many different ways. And so therefore, um, something as simple as temperance can lay the, intemperance can lay the foundation for many other habits 
that we are not able to overcome. Many of the habits, it can lay the foundation um, for these things. Now, let, and Councils on Health, page 67, lets us know this. Let none who profess godliness regard with indifference the health of the body and flatter themselves that intemperance is no sin and will not affect their spirituality. Mm. A close sympathy exists between the physical and the moral nature. Mm. So there's a close sympathy that exists between the physical nature and the moral nature of man. Mm -hmm. And when you notice that very carefully, you're going to see that when one is impacted, it lays the foundation for the other to be impacted. Yes. And that's how deep and serious this thing gets. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. I was thinking about this and uh, temperance being more than just the food issue. Yes. It also has to do with my time. And I know for me, one of my weaknesses has been working too much. Like I just work, 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 work. Tell me about it. And then my, then my wife cries out to me and says, Andre, you're not spending any time with the family. And in my mind, I know I love my family greatly. And, but yes. intemperance in work will cause an imbalance at the home. And ah. too much time in doing something over here. So now you have these arguments that are taking place. But what are they really, what's the issue? I'm not yeah. being temperate with my time. Well, you know, and that's causing problems in the home. Yes. And so I'm, I'm looking at the health pack component. I'm looking at the, the mental component. I'm looking at the physical. I'm looking at the whole nature of man in regards yes. to this tempest point. Man. So it's, it's, and you said something, said something that is so vital because especially in this work, you can be so tempted to do, you can be so tempted to overwork yep. and, and tell me about it. Right. And <laughs> so sure. of course, um, when you, when you exhaust so many hours in a day, uh, you have no you have no time for other things that matters as well, and so it impacts it in many different ways. Now, just to add to what you're saying too, um, uh, in Councils on Health, page six or seven, let's just know this again. It says here that we repeat intemperance commences at our tables, and it says she says here again, the appetite is indulged until its indulgence becomes second nature, and that's that's going a little more in depth on what we've been talking about here. The mm. appetite is indulged until it becomes second nature. By the use of tea and coffee, and that's, that's talking about caffeinated beverages here, and appetite is formed for tobacco. And this encourages the appetite for liquors. Mm. Now, the same thing like, like idleness, right? Idleness lays the foundation for other things. You know, like people get involved in like sexual sins and, and pornography and different things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, um, as a result of... Um, of idleness, right? Not using your time wisely. And so you can see here again that even indulging in things like that are very simple. Some people may say, well, brother, this is not that serious. It's very simple stuff, you know? It's only a cup of coffee once a week, but we don't understand the effects of these things. It lays the foundation mm. for something else. And we wonder why we have a craving for something stronger, for tobacco, for alcohol, or for some other type of thing. It may not be some physical indulgence, but maybe for some other type of thing as well. And we wonder why. That's right. That's right. And I just want to make sure we reemphasize because some people, when they're listening to this, they're yes. going to say, you know, this is, your, this is a works religion that you're talking about right now. We're saved yes. by grace. You're overemphasizing something that's not so important. And I, I know this is going to come up uh, in our conversation as someone's listening. I know the devil will whisper it. It's not that the person thinking it is evil, but the devil will whisper this in our ears and yes. say, this is not, you're making too much of, a, of, of an issue here. Uh, the reality is, and I just want to read the text one more time that you gave us 
earlier in First Corinthians 9.25, and I just want to read it one more time. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it for something that's corruptible, for a corrupt, right. corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. And I always think about this when the other day they were going through all the disciplines that LeBron James does in order to play a basketball game. And he spends yeah. over a million dollars a year just to make sure he has the right sleep and the right exercise guy wow. and the right food and you know all this stuff so he could be the top performer in the league you know so if he's yes. doing this to obtain a corruptible crown for for worldly honor how much more should the believer be willing to to take take self to task to to bring things in order in regards to the character you know Amen, amen. And that is, that is very important. I, I can see very easily how somebody can think that it's some sort of like, because of my works, I am, I'm achieving something. You know what I mean? And to understand that, of course, it's only Jesus Christ that can give you the power to be temperate. You know, I remember I, I went to, um, I went to just to take a look at a retreat um, in New York. It's a big retreat. Uh, you know, it's a big retreat. It's, it's more like a Buddhist retreat type of thing. And there is like 500 to 1,000 people that visit there like every week. And uh, it's pretty big, pretty happening, you know. And um, I, I spoke to one of the ladies, one of the volunteers and organizers there, and just sharing about, you know, our lives. She, she was very curious about how we live and so forth. And, um, you know, I shared it for very simple things. And she was like, she uh, shared it for about diet and things like that. She was like, okay, um, so how, how do I, you know, I, I've been trying to live a healthy diet for a, a long time, but I can't seem to stick to it. She said, what is mm. your secret? I mean, how do you stick to this? Mm -hmm. I said, well, you sure you want to know? She said, yeah, what is your secret? I said, oh, my secret is Jesus Christ. Come on, brother. Yeah, she was shocked. She was like, really? I said, yes, mm -hmm. you need a power beyond yourself. I, there's no way that I can regain, I can be temperate. There's no way I can eat healthy with, with my own strength. I tried mm -hmm. it so many times and I keep slipping because of my own strength. Mm -hmm. But yes. when Jesus abides in your heart, right? When you abide in that vine and when he is living in you, then it makes a big difference. And that's where Amen. some of us get it a little bit off, right? And so mm -hmm. it's important for us to allow God to take possession of our lives, to take control of our lives as we desire to become temperate in all things because you can never achieve temperance in all things in your own strength. Amen. That is just a fact. Amen. Amen. I, it was interesting as I was preparing for this, I, I came across a couple of comments that, that said the very thing you just stated. Yes. And I, I want everybody to always remember this because temperance is actually a fruit of the spirit, right? That's so right. it's something that it's God himself puts in you while you're in fellowship with him. It is a fruit of that relationship with him. So, so as we are increasing in our knowledge, the, the greater revelation of Jesus, he says, hey, here, here's where I want to fix you in this spot. You know, yes. here's where I want to increase your knowledge in this space. Here's where I want to take you to another level. And again, it goes back to the principle that we've been stating in all of our studies. Yes. It is God's intent to restore us completely, body, mind, and soul. It is his intent to do that, and temperance is a major component of that, my friend. That's right. That's right. Major component of that. And, and just to go back to Second Peter 1 verse 4, it says, add to temperance patience, to patience and godliness. And what, what, what is patience and what is temperance, especially when you look at temperance as well, being a fruit of the spirit, which is very important. Like why is temperance a fruit of the spirit? Mm. And why is that something that is, that is part, of the, um, part of the gospel? 
Mm. Right? Uh, why is it part of the message of the gospel? And when you look at this some more, the reason why we lost Eden was simple because of intemperance, like we right. said before. And the reason why we're going to regain Eden is because of temperance, right? Temperance yeah. has a big part to play in this. Now, it says, add to your faith, temperance, you know, uh, add to knowledge, temperance, and to, then temperance, patience, then patience, godliness, mm -hmm. godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Now, let me, right? real quick, let me jump in right here. Yes. Do you think our churches are really kind to each other? Oh, that, that's a question. Somebody that's asked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, and, I, and, I'm saying, I'm, and I'm saying this because, unfortunately, yes. you know, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, um, there's a lot of pain that we've gone through as brothers and sisters because we have not been temperate. And now we're treating, we, we backstab each other in church. We right. gossip about each other in church. We're, we're right. doing all these things in church when, when we're trying to be different from the world, but we're doing the same thing the world is doing and right. it's reflected in the body. And, it's like we're skipping steps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're skipping steps. the steps. Now, now think about this as well. Now, somebody may ask another question too. Well, um, there's somebody who eats like very well yes. and uh, very healthy, and they're the meanest person in the church. Meanest. Can you explain this? <laughs> Can I explain it? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna throw it back at you. You're the you're the you're the guest uh, you're the you're the guest speaker. You answer that question. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you look at it, that's why it says you must be temperate in how many things? Oh. All things. The diet is only one part of it. It's a small part of it. And many people always, you know, they, they have some high expectations when somebody has a particular diet and they're supposed to be like this very, very kind person. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be an extra kind person because you could be intemperate in other things as well. That could yes. also impact your character. So it's very important to keep in mind that we have to be temperate in all things. Now, Amen. now when you look at this as well, I want to pay attention very closely to um, uh, Testimonies Volume 3. Page 488 lets us know this. It says that the great end for which Christ endured that long fast in the wilderness was to teach us the necessity of self-denial and temperance. Mm. <laughs> Have mercy. Mm. Now, it, it'll be nice to study, uh, the, um, of course, the steps. When you look at the steps here, and especially comparing it to Jesus' life, but temperance mm -hmm. was a big part of his life as well. And you can see that he mm -hmm. showed that fruit of the Spirit of God in his life. Um, and so, therefore, it says, the great end for which Christ endured that long fast in the wilderness was to teach us the necessity of self-denial and temperance. Mm. And temperance. It's and powerful. this work, notice what she says, this work should commence at our tables and should be strictly carried out in all concerns of life. Mm. Mm. So it's, it's key, right? So Adam and Eve fell with the issue of temperance. Yes. And then Jesus begins his ministry and picks it up from where they fell from, right? Right. He being, he being that example and that idea of strict temperance now, when the word strict comes to mind, does that mean, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, strict, right? I mean, because some people think, oh, like strict, do I have to be like, like you know, it sounds like I'm, I'm probably like a soldier, like, okay, sir, yes, sir. You know, I'm, yes. rigid, I'm a rigid person, but you right. can still smile. You can still be a warm Christian and be strict, right? Right. right? Because yes. just like you said about LeBron, uh, is it LeBron James? Or, uh, what's his name? LeBron. No, LeBron. LeBron James and, and the strict discipline that he has to go through, right? Mm -hmm. Just to win a crown, just to mm -hmm. win a trophy. Yeah. And, uh, and that's strict discipline, 
right? And right. because he's doing it for basketball, we will say, oh, well, that's what you have to do. But what about us as Christians? Mm. Right? And it's, it's, and it's interesting because at the end of the day, if we're honest with ourselves, without that strict, like, because again, temperance is eating in, or keeping in moderation that which is good yes. and abstaining from that which is, is evil. I think to a certain degree, we try to do what's evil in moderation. Yes. And we, we go to the extreme uh, in that which is good. Now. Yeah, we go to a, another space in that regard. And, I, yes. and the idea of strictness is actually a blessing because what it does, if I get, like I get up every day and if I'm working out, so I'm on this thing where I'm doing 100 push-ups every day, right? So I'm doing these 100 push-ups. I'm looking all fit, right? I'm looking, I'm right. looking strong. When I wasn't doing that, right, right. I was becoming something else. I won't, I won't tell you exactly what I was looking yes. like, but I was, I was looking like something else. But that strict discipline yes. is something that ultimately leads to success, not just in health, but in mental, spiritual development. Amen, amen. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it brings joy. It's, when that word strict exactly. is used, it seems like it's, it's like, yeah. ah, but strict actually brings joy in the experience of the believer. That's, that's correct. That, that's absolutely correct. And for example, like, like we work with people one-on-one. And um, one of the biggest things that we realize is that we, we, we look at somebody's entire life when we examine them in terms of like evaluation, right? And uh, sometimes some people's issues are, could revolve around them not having a schedule throughout the day, as simple as that. Mm. Right? Not having a very strict schedule. And because of that, they stress, they're stressed, they are, you know, they, they can't handle it properly. And then it leads to a lot of disease and sickness that they have. And, you know, even as a missionary, um, just to be able to help them to get, get them some sort of schedule, then that helps them tremendously to mm. overcome the issues that they are, they are struggling with. Mm. Now, when you look at the life of Daniel as well, you know, we're talking about dare to be. That's right. Especially that to be Daniel. When you look at the life of Daniel, yeah. um, how would temperance or intemperance impact his life? We saw that he exemplified. That's a perfect example of strict temperance now, right? Mm-hmm. When you examine this. And we say, and we, we always love to share the story of Daniel to our children. You see, Daniel, he purposed in his heart, right? But then right. when it's time for us to really make decisions, uh, we say, well, brother, that's, that's a little bit too strict now, right? Um, let, mm. us, let us be a little more flexible, right? <laughs> we need more freedom, right? That, that's, that's a new term that's being thrown around out there. Um, but strict discipline brings freedom. Mm. And that's the beauty of obedience and trust mm-hmm. in God. And when you look at this again, um, Daniel exemplified strict temperance. What if Daniel wasn't temperate? Wasn't temperate? There will be no Daniel 2. <laughs> there will be no Daniel 7. There will be no Daniel wow. 8. You know, that, that'll be done because it's right. immediately upon his faithfulness to those convictions that God then gives him wisdom and understanding and makes him 10 times wiser. So yes. no faithfulness, no, no special gifts. Wow. Wow. That, that, is, that is powerful. That is, yeah. Now, what does that say for me now? Right. What does it say for me? And Daniel is an example for me to live by, right? He's an example yeah. for me, especially in the last days. Um, right. And one text that comes to my mind is Proverbs 23 and verse 1. Proverbs 23, verse 1. And that's a very serious text. And I, and I ask that you really read that properly in, in the right context, because that's a very serious text to read. The first time I heard it, I was a little bit shocked. I thought, is that text really in the Bible? <laughs> mm. Notice what it says in Proverbs 21, uh, 23, verse 1 and 2 says this. When thou sittest uh, to eat with a ruler, 
right? And did, uh, consider diligently what is before thee. Talking mm -hmm. about Daniel, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Notice what it says in verse 2. And put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Mm. Wow. That's a very deep text. <laughs> That's in the Bible too, right? That's in the Bible, right? This, this, this is in the Bible. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. So, I mean, based upon that text, I mean, what is that telling us? Well, it's, it's telling us we should take it seriously, right? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's kind of, it's kind of like the language Jesus Jesus used. If, you're, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. You know, if, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. He's not literally telling you to cut your hand off. He's not literally telling you to right. pluck your eye out. And this is not literally telling you to cut your throat. It's literally saying, control yourself. You know? Control yourself. It's, it's, a, it's a drastic, these are drastic measures you have to take. Take those drastic measures. Because if you don't, the consequence of not taking those drastic wow. measures has an impact, you know, beyond, yeah. beyond cutting your throat, beyond the cutting of your hand, beyond the plucking of your eye. It's a greater impact. That's the only, that's, how, that's what I see from it. Yeah, this is, this is serious. And you can see that it's telling us this in the context of, uh, of, of appetite, really, yeah. context of appetite, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, especially when you sit down with a ruler or somebody of very importance, um, consider diligently what is before you. So be very purposeful about the decisions that you're making. And real quick. And how it will impact you. Watch this now. Yeah. So every time you eat, are you not sitting with rulers? Yeah. You know, you every time I sit down, I'm the king at the table. My wife is the queen of the house. <laughs> My daughter's the princess yes. of the house. Yes. I'm sitting with rulers, man. And let's not count the angels. And you know, that, that this of principle course. is beyond me just sitting with the king on the planet earth. Yes. It's, it's a mindset of royalty that we're yes. dealing with here. And you know, oh. we are a royal priesthood, a special people. You can't just bring any old thing to the temple. You can't just exactly. bring anything into the king's table. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful. Very powerful to consider. And, um, and that's, that's a very high calling that God has given for us in the last days. And especially if you are somebody that is seeking to master all things, especially mental, physical, and spiritual, and to be like Jesus as well, temperance is very vital. And why, why do we think that temperance is a big part of the, of the Advent message or the last message to be given to the world? It's a very important aspect of the last message to be given to the world. In other words, temperance, health and temperance, and you, you know, we, we, we call the department in, in the church, right? Health mm -hmm. and temperance department, right? Yep. And so health and the gospel is not separate. It can never be separate things. It is one thing. And so in other words, um, it's very vital for us to understand that in order for us to be like Jesus, we have to exemplify the fruit of the spirit. Yes. And one of the fruits of the spirit, have you ever considered temperance as being a fruit of the spirit? Yeah, man, that's, that's amazing. And the question is, what then does temperance consist of? Right. right. <laughs> right? And, and, and with that, let, let, me just, let me just pause yes. on that because we, we said this earlier, but I want to make sure we say it again. Yes. If temperance is a fruit of the spirit, Yes. What type of sense does it make for a Christian to fight for being intemperate? Right? Like, um, why would I fight against the idea of temperance if it is a fruit of the Spirit? So wow. it's like, I'm literally just trying to squash out what the Holy Ghost is trying to do in my life. 
and I'm resisting a blessing that God wants to give. It's, 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 it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, you, you can, it's, it's very mind blowing. And, and that's why in temperance, in temperance in things of temperance in eating, definitely temperance is eating, temperance in drinking, temperance mm -hmm. in dressing, temperance in working, temperance in watching, temperance in listening, temperance yes. in every aspect of our lives right? Yes. Every aspect of our lives. And the evidence of temperance in my life and in your life is the evidence of the spirit of God, mm. right? Because it's a fruit. Yes. It's a fruit of a spirit, right? Yes. So you know that the spirit is abiding, right? In right. your life, right? And these, and these graces are vital because it lays the foundation for, for patience. And now what role does patience have to play, especially with the last day people? <laughs> I, I, you know, you said it earlier. I didn't want to go here too early, but we're almost yeah, there. Okay, okay. So well, before we go there, the saints, brother. <laughs> yeah, yes. before we go there. Look, look at this here. Before we go yes. there, now, because this is vital. This is vital. It says here yes. now in Councils on Health, Councils on Health, page 42, paragraph one. In Councils on Health, page 42, paragraph one. And when you get some time, read all the councils on temperance. It's very life changing to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, it says here that the law of temperance must control the life of every Christian. Mm. The law of temperance must control the life of every Christian. And so you wonder why as a Christian, as a, as a missionary, as a Christian, we cannot do certain things because the law of temperance does not control our life. Mm. Right? So in other words, we should be sharing the gospel with our neighbors, but we sit, we sit at home watching television and mm. laughing at sitcom, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. And flicking our flicks, right? Netflix. Right, and so it, it's impacting us as God's people because the, the law of temperance is not controlling me. Right, we talk about the law of the Sabbath and the law of, uh, you know, other laws. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But yep. what about temperance? How we ever consider temperance is actually a law. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Now it says here again that God is to be in all of our thoughts. Uh, His glory is ever to be kept in view. Mm. We must break away from every influence that would captivate our thoughts and lead us from God. Mm. We are under sacred obligations to God. So to govern our bodies and rule and rule our appetite and passions that they will not lead us away from purity and holiness. Mm. That is, that is powerful because when you look at the steps yes. here, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, yeah. right? And it says again, purity, holiness. Look at this. It says, or to take our minds from the work God requires us to do. Mm. Now, that text also comes to my mind is Romans 7 verse 23, really quickly. Romans 7 23 tells us this. It says that, but I see another law in my members. Mm. Yes. Warring against the law of my mind. My mind, yes. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In my members, yep. Have mercy. Yep. Help me, Lord. Yep. Right? And when you look at what we just read before, when you look at what we read before, of course, temperance being a law here, um, when you look at what we read before, in Council on Health, page 42, it says we are under sacred obligations 
to God, so to govern our bodies, to rule our appetites and passions, that they will not lead us away from purity and to take our minds from the work that God has given for us to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we are, we are wrestling. We, there's another law in our member. It's warring against the law of our mind. So our passions, our intellect, yes. you see here, passions, our appetites. So yes. our appetites and passions is controlling our mind and our reasoning and our will and our intellect. And you, you notice what is happening there. Right. And I, again, you know, going back to this idea, it's foundational. Yes. Foundational. Like we, can't, we can't skip it. Like this That's is not right. an option for the Christian. Like we got we to gotta make sure the body is in subjection to the spirit and it requires attention to the realities yes. that this, this natural body, this natural members is in rebellion. Right? That's right. My taste buds are in rebellion. <laughs> My passions, without, without, the, without the constraining power of the Holy Spirit, is in rebellion. That's right. And so now with this knowledge that we're gaining from our study tonight, and of course, the diligence that all of those who are listening are going to go back and do their own research, it is imperative. It's not optional that we take temperance seriously and ask That's God right. to do for us in ourselves what we cannot do naturally. Amen. 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 Yes, this is, this is so powerful because when you, when you go into understanding how the appetite and passions and your, your willpower works and everything, you're going to see yeah. that, vital, uh, that temperance becomes very, very vital. Very good. Very good. So I, I want to ask a question and I want to get to the part of the willpower component um, because people literally have tried and failed many times, right? They said, I'm going to change my diet. They go try to change their diet, and boom, they're back to doing what they do. Or I'm going to stop watching this, and then boom, they're back to watching whatever they're watching. So how can I truly become temperate, uh, Brother Preacher? Casting down imagination, casting down imagination, every high thing. That exalteth itself against the knowledge of God mm. and bringing into captivity everything to the obedience of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and first, to overcome temperance, of course, you have to declare war, right? Okay. You have to declare yes. war uh, because it's a war against, it's a war between the flesh and the spirit. It's really a war that's happening there. And it's a war between my members, right? And therefore, uh, uh, through prayer and faith in God, then he's able to give us the power to become overcomers and to become temperate um, in all things. And, um, and also when understanding the will as well, the will is your decision. The will is the choice that we make, yes. right? We can read a lot about that in the book, Ministry of Healing. There's a whole section on the will, right? The will is decision. The will is the, the, the authoritative power of the mind, right? It, the, the will is the, the choices that God has given to us. And a lot of things could be avoided by simple choice, right? And some people think that, you know, gaining health or gaining victories, it just happens like magically or, or it's just like some sort of presumptive thing that I have to like conjure up in my mind. Um, but when you understand this a little bit more, the will is the simple choices that I make every single day, right? It's the decisions that I make as a Christian. And as, as I make this decision, you know, I make this decision declaring that, oh, you know what, today I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to make a choice. And Lord, give me the strength. Father, give me the power to eat better, to get up and, and exercise. Don't, don't be home just sitting down all day. You know, go take a walk. Even if, you know, 
and we have 24 hours in a day, 24 hours in a day, and I can't, and I can't walk for, for 15 minutes. Mm. I mean, that, that's like serious, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the will. The will is so weak. It is so weak that we cannot make decisions anymore. So in other words, my passions, my desires is controlling me so much. Right? It's bounding me so tight that I'm not able to do so. And God has given to us a choice, you know, that he says in Deuteronomy, I give you a choice, whether life or death, right? Mm-hmm. Whether blessings or curse or curses, right? So choose life. He's telling us to do to choose life. So it's a choice that we have to make. It's powerful because it is the simplicity of that. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Amen. To me, this is the first choice, right? This yeah. is the first choice. If I submit to Christ, and when I say submit to Christ, I'm not just saying I, I ask God for forgiveness for my sin. So there's, a, there's instruction, be temperate. And then yeah. I pick, and there, here's my, I don't know, here's my favorite Snickers bar. And then the, the instruction is, you know, caffeine is not good for the body. And, and the Bible's already given me that instruction, but I want to eat the Snickers bar. At that point, I have to choose. Do I choose Christ or choose Snickers bar? I'm, and I'm, I'm choosing this. In, in this sense, I'm using something small, right? I'm using something small. But remember, yeah. at, the, at the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was something small, right? It was a small decision. So I'm choosing at this moment. I'll go back to my thing. I used to eat Sour Patch Kids all day long. That was my thing. Whole bags. Like this. Huge, huge bags. I have to make a decision. Is this a body temple or not? Am I going to honor God with this or not? So I've submit myself, therefore, to God. And then there's this moment of resisting. So submit yourself, therefore, to God. And then it says resist the devil. Then it says he will flee. It doesn't say submit to God and he will flee. It says submit. Then it says resist. So there is a, there is a, there is a fight that often has to take place in order for the devil to flee because he's going to test his resolve. Are you going to hold on to Christ or not? Is Christ powerful enough or not? That's, it goes back to Second Peter chapter 1, right, where it talks about these exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through less. It's, it's that choice to hold on to Jesus despite how I feel, you know? Because yeah. I definitely be feeling like I don't want to hold on. That happens to me sometimes, and I know it happens to others. But yes. it, it is in that choice, believe it or not, and you hold on till that storm passes over, I promise you the victories become easier and, and those uh, choices will be uh, rewarded by God himself. Amen, amen. That is, that is very powerful. And I remember a story that a, an evangelist told me um, some years ago, and that, that story always stayed in my mind ever since then. And um, he, um, he had a problem uh, where he was trying to overcome like late night eating because he know that it, it's, well, it's very detrimental to his health and so forth. And it's, uh, and it's leading to many things, you know, many things. And, uh, and that's something that he really prayed to God about to help him um, with that habit that he had. He wanted to break that habit um, that he had. And he was an evangelist preaching the gospel, I mean, all over the world and, um, and sharing, you know, uh, with, with a lot of people all over the world. But yet still he was struggling with that very simple thing. Um, so he told me one day that his wife had baked a very, uh, very nice, tasty um, the, the, the cake smelled so nice in the house. Um, and so he was like, wow, this is, this is, she really did a good job. And so uh, at night, um, when he went to, uh, when he went to sleep, um, he, 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 he woke up, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, to, uh, to be able to go to the bathroom and his bedroom, his bedroom is like here. And then in the middle of the middle of the bathroom is here. And then in the middle here is the kitchen. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was very late at night, probably like maybe after 11, 12 o'clock and so forth. Um, pretty late. And so when you walk up to use the bathroom, um, the, the, the cake was getting warm out on the, on the dinner table, you know, in the kitchen. The kitchen is at the middle. The bathroom is here. The bedroom is here. The kitchen is right here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the cake was out there, you know, getting cool. And, um, and, the, and the smell, the aroma is still in the room, you know, in the kitchen, the aroma of the cake. And that just, uh, you know, it stimulates the appetite, right? <laughs> I know. And it stimulates yeah. the appetite. And so as he, um, as he walked out his bedroom um, into the kitchen, um, the smell just caught his attention. And as he looked, he's like, huh, that cake looks so good right now. Mm. And he got as far as taking that cake, getting a knife and slicing it <laughs> in a piece to take, to take with him. Mercy. And he put that thing in, it, in a plate and he was ready to eat that cake. Mm. And the thought came to his mind. There is power in, in God's word, right? And the Holy Spirit brought remembrance to his mind that I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Um, and, and that's something that sometimes we, we, we only sing that there will be power in the blood and we only, we only recite scriptures, but we don't really take it personally that God can really give us the power to mm. walk every day, to drink water, to eat healthy. You know what I mean? To stop mm-hmm. um, overusing social media, right, mm-hmm. and other things that we indulge in so often, God can give you the power. Do you, do you pray like that? Serious? Do you, do you pray those serious prayers? That, that's a question, you know. And I wonder, mm-hmm. do I do I really get on my knees and say, God, give me, Lord, help me not to spend uh, so much time on Facebook today, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Do we or do we just go for life, just wondering, you know, maybe I'll overcome it at some time, at some point. But when you look at this a little bit further, He he got on his knees with the cake uh, in his hand. He's like, God, give me the strength. <laughs> and uh, he, um, he got the strength and he told us this story. He put that cake down and he ran to the bathroom. And then the bathroom is here. The cake is still here and his bedroom is here. So he had to get back to the room. <laughs> and uh, as he left the bathroom, he ran all the way to the bedroom. And he got the victory over that thing. And it was a, a simple decision that he had to make. Yes. A very simple decision that he had to make. And you ever wonder, very interestingly, you ever wonder that when you, when you look at, uh, I mean, adverts and advertisement on, on television and commercials, mm-hmm. they advertise food, 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 especially at nighttime. Especially mm. at nighttime. That's, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because at nighttime, your brain triggers certain hormones. The hormones uh, lead to cravings for things that are fatty and things that are salty and things that are sweet. Mm. Right? And you wonder why McDonald's advertise at like two o'clock in the morning mm. and they have 24 hours, right? Drive throughs, mm. right? There have been more deaths. Now, notice this here very carefully. There has been more deaths by drive throughs than by drive-bys. Mm. More deaths by drive-throughs dri- than by drive-bys. Wow. Right? Wow. Now, when you, when you look at this here a little closer as well, you're going to notice that the brain triggers certain hormones and that gives you like a craving for something sweet and something greasy, mm. right? And that's why studies have shown that people who have gone to bed after 10 o'clock at night, they have things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then temperance, right? Temperance plays a very big part, but a lot of people know that. So they abuse, they abuse these things because they know that people are so weak in willpower. They know that if they advertise these things at night, at nights, that people want to crave these things. That's why at nights, nope, I, I don't know anybody, maybe one of you do, but I'm not sure if anybody eats like a night, like a large salad bowl at like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not sure if people do that at all, but people usually crave for like biscuits or cookies or ice cream mm. or donuts, chocolate, um, something at night, like fried chicken or whatever it is. And, um, and that's where, you know, temperance and all things become very, very vital for us um, in these times. Now think about this again in evangelism, page 265 tells us this. Those who believe present truth should refuse to drink tea or coffee for these excite a desire for stronger stimulant. Mm -hmm. They should refuse to eat flesh, meat, for this too excites a desire for strong drink. Wholesome food prepared with taste and skill should be our diet now. And so we just see the, the prime example here. That one thing lays a foundation for another and for another and for another. And then that big thing, we wonder why we can't overcome the big thing is because we've been stumbling on the little things. Sure. Right? Sure. Very good. So I, we're, we're going to bring this to an end now. Okay. okay. I want to give some practical steps. Yes. Okay. And I found one uh, that I'm going to read to everyone. It comes from a book called Temperance. Yes. And it's on page 104, paragraph one. And it's just one of many principles that I want to make sure we at least, at least list a couple of that you guys can go home and practically apply. It says, I have a message from the Lord for the tempted soul who has been under the control of Satan, mm. but who is striving to break free. Go to the Lord for help. So that's the first thing, right? Submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It says, go to the Lord for help. Then it says, go to those who know, who you know, love and fear God, and say, take me under your care, for Satan tempts me fiercely. I have no power from the snare to go. Keep me with you every moment until I have more strength to resist temptation. Amen. Amen. That's wow. Powerful. It's powerful. Wow. I read that earlier. I was like, what? Yeah. There's, there is no shame in having a fellowship of brothers and sisters who will take you in while you're struggling. I mean, yes. it's, it's even in my mind, the story with Mark chapter two with the, the paralytic, he couldn't yeah. get to Jesus by himself, but he had to have his friends take him, open the roof, yes. put him in the midst of Jesus. If you having issues, whether it be with, I'm just going to say for the brothers, if you're dealing with pornography, if you're dealing with appetite issues, if you're dealing with whatever the issue might be, don't be ashamed to go to those who are God-fearing. Don't go to the gossiper, you know, the person that you – don't go to those people, but go to the people that are God-fearing that love the Lord with all of their heart, mind, and soul, and tell them, surround you, put a, a, a blanket of righteousness over you, cover you with, with prayer, and tell the, fierce, the, the, the temptations of the enemy – are pushed back from you. It's so, you know, that's, I wanted to make sure I put that before we be practical with it, go to God for help. And if it's too, if it's fierce, go to a brother or sister, ask them to do exactly what I said earlier. And God's going to help you. Uh, any other thing, brother, brother Mo? Yeah. And, and what, what you said here as well was, I mean, what you read is very, very powerful because when you overcome one smaller thing, it gives you the strength and courage to overcome another. 
Yes. And it lays a foundation for that. So therefore, um, if like, for example, like let's say I want to develop like good exercise habits, right? I'm just giving you something very general, you know, exercise habits. Mm-hmm. And I want to, maybe my goal is like 45 minutes a day. But if I can just get in the habit of doing something for five minutes, um, that will lay the foundation for me to do something for 10 minutes yes. and for 15 minutes until it becomes easy. Yeah. Right. The same thing with like eating healthy, you know, all you have to do, you know, if you want to transition, um, just start adding healthy things to your diet, you know, step by step. The more you do that, you begin to build an appetite mm-hmm. for healthy things mm-hmm. and you become stronger and stronger to make other decisions, you know, mm-hmm. later on. And, and that what you just read is just powerful because it lays a foundation for me so that I could make choices more bigger, bigger choices later on. And you can see that prime example in the life of Daniel and how the little decision, that big decision that he made, right, in Daniel chapter one has helped him through all the chapters of Daniel. You can see that. You can see it helped him through, the, through, the, through Daniel, uh, through the many decisions that he had to make um, throughout his lifetime. And so that's very vital um, for us to keep in mind as well. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that in that way. In yes. Daniel chapter one, it's Daniel and his friends. Yes. In chapter two is Daniel and his friends. Then in chapter three, it's just, da- it's just his friends. Then in chapter four, it's just Daniel. In chapter six, it's just Daniel. Yes. So they're starting out as groups, but individually over time, they're each tested on their own, you know? Yes. And, you know, it's, it's powerful to have a community like that to help build each other. Amen. Amen. That is, that is so powerful um, to have that. And so therefore, I mean, what, what is the context of temperance now um, in the last days, especially for God's people? I mean, what is, what is the connection here? I mean, why do we need temperance? Um, why do we need that fruit of the spirit? That's kind of, that sounds kind of straight, right? Why do we need the fruit of the spirit temperance? <laughs> and, um, and as we look at it, some, I don't know if you wanted to add some things there before I say anything. No, no, go ahead. No, yeah. let's actually, let's give a couple more practical things before, because okay. I, I think okay, I know great. where you're going, because we didn't talk okay. about this before, but I think I know where you're going. Yes. But, but I, I want to give another, another couple of practical things to those who are really wanting to be victorious. I also want to just keep in mind, you don't just get to the top level right away. It's like, as Brother Monet already said, like it's steps. You're, you're adding a piece, you're adding a piece here, you're adding a piece there. Um, and you have to give yourself time to grow and develop in this relationship with God. So as knowledge comes, you make adaptations, you make the choices. And when you work on the plan of addition, God works on the plan of multiplication. Amen, right? Amen. And, and he's, it's, he's a loving God. It's like, don't go into this thing. Like I got to do everything. Like my life is over. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, father, Lead me day by day, moment by moment. That's right. Uh, that's how you're going to walk with him. You can't say, I prayed this morning and my victory is supposed to be this afternoon. No, it's, it's continual connection with the most high that will give you the victories and the, the temperance that you desire in your life. So, right. yeah, so right. I just wanted to make sure I said that because I don't want people walking away with this. Because when you look at the whole idea of temperance, you're like, man, that's so much stuff in so yes. many areas. I got to think about so many things. But what happens is the more you fellowship with God, he puts it inside of you and becomes natural uh, right. as you go about your day. And as you learn to submit, he gives you strength. And then he allow, he, doesn't, he never gives you more than what you can bear. Yes. Right? So if, if it's there, that means he's provided a way already. You just got to hang in there. Don't, don't give up, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I said that before we got off. Right, right. 
And, um, and, and these are very vital things to keep in mind as well, because sometimes we, we, we believe that we can attain to everything that God requires us. And then when we fail, we get very discouraged. And yes. then we ended up going worse off than we were before. Right. And so to know that God leads us step by step every day. And when you look at sanctification, it's a work of a lifetime of obedience, right? Uh, it's a work of obedience of a life. So, so God wants us to be obedient on a day-to-day basis. And when we are in obedience to it on a day-to-day basis, then that's when we can see a lot of victory, victories again. And so in other words, when, you, when I look at my week, like retrospect, I must have victories that have been gained throughout the week. I shouldn't just be living just that life where, you know what, uh, it's just another life, another week, it's another day, but there's no victories to be gained. So that means, so that, that's where um, it's important for me to keep in mind that there's a lot of victories to be gained and that it's, it is gained, the battle is gained, every moment, every day, and step by step. And, and that's a practical step that we want to take, looking at these steps, step by step by step by step where God wants to take this. Amen. So let's bring it home, yeah. my friend. Yes. Um, okay. So looking at these things as well and understanding the power of the will, the power of choice, power of decision, submitting ourselves to God and abiding in Him, you know, spending time in prayer, spending time in study of His Word because... When I, when I expose myself to the word of God, then the word of God becomes, I, I, I become a partaker, right? Of the nature, of the divine nature. And the desires that I once had will be no more because sometimes, especially in my life, I, you wonder why you lose desires for certain things. Like, wow, you have a one in your life, like, I have no desire to do this anymore. I have no mm-hmm. desire to go to like parties, to go to clubs, to go to, it just doesn't fulfill me anymore. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel very empty. You know, I have, I have no desire to, to, to wear this or to eat this or to do this thing um, because when I expose myself to the study of God's word, which is very vital, that's the only safeguard for us, especially in these times, is the study of God's word. And not just reading it, you know, and just read, oh, five, five minutes, oh, wow, wow, 16 years ago, you know, but really going deep and studying and communing with God because when yeah. we start to have desires, that God desires us to have, we start to lose the desires for things that are harmful, things that yes. destroy us, right? And that's why, and, and then we will be able to be more equipped to cast down imaginations, right? And yes. every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And therefore, mm-hmm. I can easily cast this thing and say, God, you know what? Cast down every imagination. <laughs> Lord, mm-hmm. help me to, to subject my mind um, to you. And so through prayer, through submitting ourselves to God, through study of God's word, these are some practical things that we, we, we should do on a regular basis because that helps us. It, it gives us the armor, the, um, the strength that we need to be overcomers, right? Because when we go throughout the day, then the Holy Spirit will remind us, hey, you remember you prayed yeah. for this today? Hey, you remember you mm-hmm. read this? And the scripture text that you read today, the prayer that you had today, helped you to overcome the, the things that, that, uh, that came upon you throughout the day, yeah. right? Yeah. And that happened to me many times in my life where... I was like, Lord, thank you for the thank you for the study this morning because that actually helped me to become an overcomer later on in the day, right? So it actually prepared me to become more equipped as a Christian, and that's that's one of the ways that we go throughout this life to fight temperance. Now, when you look at the issue of temperance and the issue of health reform, um, especially for these last times that we live in, and we yes. know that the times which we're living in is so vital. And we're heading into some very serious things, very serious times. I, I, uh, 
it, it becoming very serious nowadays. Very, right. very, very serious. If you don't see it yet, we need to wake up, right? It's very, very yeah. serious, very crucial. And so therefore, when you read um, the, the last message of mercy to be given to the world in Revelation 14, right? Revelation 14, 6 to 12, uh, John here is writing, he said, I saw another angel. He said, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, right? Having the everlasting gospel uh, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So therefore, the important message of the everlasting gospel was committed uh, to the angels, right? And we know that God is likened the angels as, as people, right? Especially yeah. those living in the last time. And John here, the revelator, is writing this. And he, and I always like to think about him as he writes because it's very, it's very vivid book, Revelation, as you've been, I'm sure you've been looking at this some more um, in, in these prophecy talks with my brother Andre. And when you, when you look at, Revelation 14 and verse 6, um, John says, I saw. So I'm look, I like to look at it from a personal perspective as well, from his perspective. He says, I saw an angel, flies in the midst of heaven, and it possesses a gospel, right? And that is the eternal gospel, the everlasting gospel of righteousness. And that gospel was supposed to be preached to all that dwell on the earth. And when you look at it in its context, it is the last message should be given to the world in these times. When you look at the everlasting gospel, more specifically, my mind goes straight directly to the third angel, um, mm. which is very vital and crucial for us in these times, because especially as we look at this third angel's message, it's a very serious message, very serious message that has been given to the world and has been committed to mortals. And as you realize how serious this message is, it's one of the most serious messages that you've ever read in the Bible the everlasting gospel, and especially the third angel's message. Very serious message for the last day people. And when you look at Revelation 14, 14 verse 12, we notice here that there is a group of people that has been characterized. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting how the group of people was uh, characterized and how and the, and the words that was used to represent them. Now, I want us to pay attention. Before we go there, let us go back to 2 Peter, um, 2 Peter 1, Second uh, Peter one, it talks about you add to your you add to uh, to knowledge temperance and to uh, to temperance patience. Remember, it's the latter is steps, and to patience, what comes next? Godliness. And the question is, what is godliness? Right? Godliness. Then what else? Brotherly kindness. Then charity. Right? Charity. Mm -hmm. Now, what comes after? Temperance. Patience. Patience. Okay. Patience. Okay. Now let, let's look at the last message of mercy to be given ever committed to mortals on the planet, right? In the whole yes. scene of the great controversy. Notice this very carefully. Um, in Revelation 14 and verse 12. Read that with me very carefully. It says this. Here is the patience of the, saints. of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. That's right. Now, what comes before patience? Temperance. Yep. In other words, the last day people <laughs> would have experienced temperance mm. because John here is describing them as patients because they are about to be what? Translate. Remember what comes after patience? 
Godliness. 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 That's to right. be like Jesus. That's right. Right? <laughs> this is, this is, right. this is. So tell me, why is patience mentioned there? Like, I always wonder this, right? <laughs> and then I see the connection between the last day people and yes. temperance. Because before yeah. they can become patient people, they must have become temperate people. That's and right. because now they are patient people, they will become godly people. Come on, right? preach. And, and this is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so now when you look at this, as the patience of the saints are being uh, represented here, it says... Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, why were they exhorted to patience? In James mm -hmm. 1 verse 4. James 1 verse 4. But let patience have a perfect, perfect work. That he may be perfect, he may be perfect and entire, mm -hmm. wanting nothing. nothing. Yes. Because you will be perfect and tired wanting nothing. And why would, why would you want nothing? Because you would have already experienced temperance, right? You would have already experienced these things. And therefore, it tells us that let patience have a work. Let, it, let her have a perfect work so that we can be entire. We can be, yes. we, can be, um, we can be at a state where we look exactly like Jesus. Mm. And that's the goal to be reached, right? Christ-likeness. And, um, and so, therefore... How many things we should be temperate in? Because if you strive for the mastery, and what yes, is that mastery, know. right? Mm -hmm. Is the mastery the same thing that the world needed like 1900 years ago? Mm. A revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. And when you look at this as well, to overcome sin completely, it says we, uh, uh, and when you look at this issue of overcoming sin, then temperance become very vital. And for every man that's striving for the mastery is to be temperate in all things, is to be temperate in all things. And so, therefore, God's last day people will be patient people because mm. they would have already been temperate people because after, temper after patience, it's godliness. And so we can see the fruits of the Spirit um, in their lives. And we can see the abiding power of God to keep them um, until they, they become like Him. Amen. A good word, man. Listen. I know the reality is that if we really stop to think about this, it is a challenging thought. And you brought this text into the idea of judgment and ultimately God having a people that are patient. Yes. And there was a text that came to my mind, and we're going to try to end this here, but the text came to my mind it was in Acts chapter 24. And it's first in my mind is the response of what God wants to do, but then there's the response of what my natural heart is going to wants to do it as well so i'm actually in acts chapter 24 in verse 25 and paul and this is paul here and it says as he reasoned of righteousness temperance and judgment to come mm. felix trembled he trembled so paul is he's going in he's teaching he's teaching this man about wow. righteousness temperance and judgment to come and felix trembles and when we talk about this idea of temperance, I know to a certain degree, if we really were to apply it, self would be disturbed. Like mm. self does not want to be temperate. Self exactly. wants what it wants, when it wants it, you know, and preacher, get out of my kitchen. Let me do what I do. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, 
And so I know that for me, my self-response the same way. I'll read this stuff and I'll be like, yeah, I hear you. I know Sister White says that. Now let me go get whatever I'm going to get while, you know, nobody's looking. That's the natural heart. Yeah, it's a war. <laughs> it's a war. It's yeah. a war. And we have to decide that it's worth the fight. Right. Right. We have to decide yeah. that it's worth the fight to go exactly. into this and say, you know what? I will be strict. I will give honor to God. Amen. Death before dishonor. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's the mentality of God's people, especially in these times. You know, God's given us this respite, if you will from running around doing a bunch of work and giving us time to be here. And I'm saying to myself, Father, please help me rise to another level with you. And that's my prayer for all of those who are studying with us. That's my prayer for all those who happen to hear this one day is, you know, kind of just floating through the internet. The, the goal is, brothers and sisters, to get ready for Jesus to come. He desires to restore in us body, mind, and soul that looks just like him, you know, that reflects Amen the reality of what he's seeking to do in our, in our, in our, in our experience. And um, thank you, brother Monet for sharing, brother. We're going to have you back, of course. Yes. And um, if you don't mind, my friend, do you have any closing words or did you, yeah. Do you have any closing words you would like to say? I think your words were very important, you know, um, that, uh, you know, God wants us to be temperate in all things. And, and we look at, we look at the current situation in our world with the coronavirus and how strict temperance has to be exercised or else this thing could really go rampant, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and how we have pronounced war on the invisible enemy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the entire nation pronounced war. We sent, mil we sent, ship we sent a ship into New York. We sent uh, the military. We sent, mm. uh, you know, the, uh, all, oh, all sorts of stuff just for an, something that we can't see, right? Right. And for a virus, now, what about sin? Come on, brother. Bring what about on. sin? Have yes. we pronounced war? Come on. And the, the good thing about it is whenever God led his people into war, especially back in the days when you look at biblical times, he always went with them, right? And, uh, and God is with us when we are warring against sin. And that is the war that we're in. So don't get distracted by what you see around you. Don't get distracted, overwhelmed with media and the news and everything going around. We have to deal with ourselves and the issues that we're going through and overcoming sin and overcoming these things. And I pray that by God's grace that we can really um, ask him for his strength, ask him for his yeah. power to help me, to help us every day so that we can become overcomers. Because you know what, like what Andrew said, which is very true, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. If you don't believe that, he's coming even sooner than when you first believe. <laughs> even sooner. Right, that is very important to me, and my heart has been. I mean, thank God for the. Uh, I thank God for, even even if everything gives thanks, right? The shutdown and everything gives thanks. That's what the Bible says. It's a command, right? It's allowed us to slow down. It's allowed us to spend time in prayer more, and study, and in um, in and really spending time with our families, uh, like we should. And this has really impacted us in many different ways for even the, even the good. So I thank God for the opportunities this has given to us to be overcomers. Amen. Well, thank, thank you, my brother and family. I, I, I just want to implore you once more. Everything that we're talking about is impossible for you to do without Jesus. It Amen. is time with him that will create in you what you don't have yourself. So I encourage you. 
Thank you for joining us on this podcast. You've been very kind to us by spending time with us this evening. And Brother Monet, if you don't mind, you close us out with prayer. Okay, let us pray. Father, which art in heaven, we know that you are the supreme authority of the universe. You're the great God of all mankind. And so we are already thankful for the victory that we have already gained. And so we ask of you, Lord, that you help us to break those habits and those desires and those passions and those appetites that is allowing us to become, to sink so deep and even leading many of us into a state of depression, anxiety, stress. Um, we've beaten ourselves. We, we, we feel very sad and very bad by the thing that we have just done today or the thing that we have done this week and the mm -hmm. secret advice in which we have practiced and whatever we have gone through in our lives, Lord, we ask for your strength. We ask for your power to help us to be overcomers. Lord, help us to exercise uh, temperance in all things. And I pray that by your strength, for you said in your words, that is not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. So we ask for the ever abiding power of your spirit to move through our lives so that we can become individuals that overcome the habits of, 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 of life, the, uh, the flesh, the sinful desires that we experience on an everyday basis. We ask that you will help us to be overcomers, that we can say no, and these things will be practiced no more. Lord, I pray for each person listening here today, and I ask that you will continue to give, be with them individually, guide them and strengthen them, and help us to spend time in your word, help us to submit ourselves to you, help us to put aside anything that is unlike you. I thank you so much for your strength. Thank you so much for what you have done and who you are and your ministry even now in the heavenly sanctuary. For this we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. You have a good night. Say hello to the fam. Yes, do the same for us. Take care. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.